welcome to you to our service of morning worship today. We're continuing in our series on holy habits and today we're looking at simplicity and solitude with the Lord. Welcome if you're watching online, welcome if you're a visitor or new to us today. There's a few notices to give out and the first is about the waiting room which is an hour of stillness and quiet here in church, 15th of March at 7 o'clock. Calling all ladies who want breakfast on the 18th of March at St Andrew's Church Hall. You're very welcome to that. On Thursday the 16th of March we have our messy church which is lots of fun so we welcome you to come along to that. And after our service this morning, we're having a bring and share lunch. It starts at 12.30, so that gives us a chance to go home and pick up any dishes we want to bring back. But do join us, even if you haven't got anything to bring, you're welcome just to bring yourself. So let us continue in our Lenten series on holy habits. Would you please stand? We respond in the words in the white. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. You are the God of my salvation. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I hope all the day long. O oh my God, in you I trust. Remember, Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. To you, O oh Lord, I lift up my soul. O oh my God, in you I trust. And we trust because of his great faithfulness to us. Let's sing together.
be seated. We take a moment of quiet reflection using this image. Jesus says to us, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God? Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. So in a moment of quiet, let's give thanks to God in quiet prayer for his faithfulness to us, his loving care, his provision of what we need. And as we reflect on God's goodness to us and his loving care, we're reminded of our lack of devotion to him. But we know that compassion and forgiveness belong to the Lord, though we have rebelled against him. So let's come now to the river of his mercy. And we'll remain seated to sing the next song, To the River I Am Going.
Let us confess our sins. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness and cleanse me from my sin. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Make me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Christ, have mercy. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May the God of love and power forgive us and free us from our sins, heal and strengthen us by his Spirit, and raise us to new life in Christ our Lord. Amen. So we stand to sing, Faithful One, So Unchanging. Please stand.
please be seated. And we come now to, to read God's holy word and for Paul to come and lead us through it. So Kathleen's going to come and read to us and then Paul will preach. Our first reading is from Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 to 34 and can be found on page 971 of the church bibles do not worry therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes look at the birds of the air They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, so do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. And the second reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 35 to 39, and can be found on page 1003. Jesus prays in a solitary place. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him and when they found him they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. I love this uh, little card that we're using in Lent, and there's many copies of this at the back of the church. And our prayer each day, if we're able to use this, is to begin with, with, well, 
spending five minutes or longer being silent. And it's wonderful we've had that in our worship this morning. And one of the first things is gratitude. Lord, I just want to thank you that we can come here this morning to praise you and to worship you, to be with you, to be with one another, to be here in songs, in silence, in prayer, in bringing ourselves, Lord, as we are to you. We meet in freedom. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for those who meet without freedom and yet still meet, however severe the consequences may be. Lord, thank you that we can come out of our daily rush and daily work and daily joys and difficulties and just come to be with you and know that you're going to touch every one of us in our worship this morning. Thank you for our music. Thank you for the way we can those online can be with us, whether you're on with us at this moment, whether you're uh, listening later. Thank you for Andy and Paul who do so much to make that online possible. Thank you, Lord, for just for each other. We meet needing each other, but above all, just needing you, coming to you afresh for your touch upon our lives. In the name of Christ. Amen. (coughs) These binoculars go back to 1958. I got them when I was doing my national service in Aden. And um, uh, got them very cheap in Aden, and they've lasted me. Well, you can work out how long they've lasted. Um, they are wonderful. And uh, I use them mainly when I go to cricket at New Road. Um, and, um, and no one ever steals them, so I can, I can go and get my pint or go and have to the ladies' pavilion and have a cup of tea or whatever. And uh, I can leave them just there and no one ever steals them, they're too old. <laughs> the lovely thing about them is that you can, if you want to get the big picture, you look through one end, so I can now, I've got a lovely big picture of the church, more or less, and just get the feel of everybody here, which is wonderful. And then if I want to get a close-up, I just put them around like this, uh, sorry, I've, I've done it the wrong way around. That's the big picture. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I w- wonder why it didn't work. This is the, this is the close-up. I've got a wonderful close-up here. Of here's Les. Look, his wonderful smile there, and it's, I can just see you can see each person actually. It's wonderful. And um, this is very much like our reading today, because you see. First of all, if you just come back to Mark chapter 1, verse 35, beautifully read by by Kathy. But before Mark 1, 35, you've got Mark 1, 32. And Mark 1, 32, you're looking through the big picture, 
seeing the big scene. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and the dispossessed, demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He drove out many demons. He would not let them speak because they knew who he was. That's the big picture. Earlier in Mark 1, you got... He's in a synagogue against the big picture, man being healed. He's at the home of Simon, uh, Simon Peter, Simon's mother-in-law, sick of a fever. He raises her up. I often think, I think, gosh, I mean, good for Simon. He must have felt uh, in his wife's good books when he brought Jesus to heal his wife. Um, But then you've got that. Then you've got this amazing scene in the evening. The life of Jesus. As if Mark is saying, this is a typical day in the life of Jesus. And then you come and see the the close-up. Mark 1, 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I have a book here called Life Together. It's so old, it's so marked, it goes back about 50 years, I think. Um, Written by a man called, many of you would have heard of him, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German martyr uh, uh, who was finally killed by the Nazis in 1945, just before the armistice came. And he gathered with a group in southern Germany in the early 30s. They called themselves the Confessional Church. And he lived together mainly with young students. And out of it, this book came, Life Together. And he has two chapters at the heart of it. One is the day with others, and the other is the day alone. And he says this, let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him, let her who is not in community beware of being alone. If you're one all for people, that's wonderful. Come to all the meetings, come to all the prayer, do do, do everything, come to church, everything. But if you can't be alone, beware. And if you're alone and you really struggle to be in community, beware as well. Because actually in the end, we are together. Manly Hopkins, the poet, puts it like this. Let, let each mortal thing, each mortal thing do one thing and the same. We do our own thing, solitary, but we do the same because we are together. 
And this, I think, is so key for this word solitude. Because it's not just solitude, it's solitude with God. It's not that I'm an introvert and draw strength from within, which I tend to be. It's not what my lovely wife is, an extrovert and draw strength from other people. And that's wonderful as well. But everybody needs solitude with God. Jesus was the perfect man. He was the true man. Martin Luther called him the proper man. And if Jesus, after the days day he'd had in Mark chapter 1, needed to get up and go off and be on his own, this is what all of us need to be doing and learning to do, however difficult in our climate, in our culture, that may be. It's solitude with God. It is not easy. It is not easy, but always Jesus was doing it. Remember when he called his disciples, Mark 3, he says he called them to be with him and then to send them out. So it was the solitary to be with him and send them out to be with others. Mark chapter 6, he, he, they were rushing around. They didn't even have time to eat, Mark says. Jesus says, come apart and rest a while. Do that as well. But I don't know how you yourselves manage to do this in your life. How does somebody, if I can quote um, Stephen Borthwick, here he is, poor man, after yesterday's terrible defeat at Twickenham, uh, but uh, he, he was so brave after the way he spoke and said, yes, we're, we're on a journey, I, you know, English rugby, we're on a journey, we've got so much to learn. But this, this is what happens, this is what he, he said about, uh, about himself this is in a paper a couple of days ago. He said, there's a period when you've got to trust your instincts. You gather the information, that's about all your players, what, pe- what people can do, what they can't do, and, and then it's your job to process it and find the quiet time, however you do it, when you think it through and understand it. Now, there's a man, a very high-profile position in English sport, who knows that at one stage he's just got to go and be a part. He cannot do it and process it and look at his life, look at his players, what is going to be uh, the best for, for his work and for his team. And, you know, Jesus was, as I just come back again and say how much Jesus felt this was important. Here is St. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. It's page 970, in case any of you think I'm doing this out of my own uh, whatever. Uh, Here we are. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. 
Matthew 6, 6. Solitude with God. Luke 5, 17. That's the other verse. If you want to turn to it, just to... Just to um, uh, make sure I'm getting it right. I'm going to read it from here. Luke, Luke chapter 5, and it's verse 17, 1032. In fact, verse, verse 15, Luke 5, 16, verse 15, news about him spread all the more. Crowds of people came to hear him to be healed. All, all that we read in Mark 1, here it is in, in Luke 5. And then it says, now this is Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to lonely, the quiet places, or the word actually is to the desert places and prayed. Last week when Jeff was speaking so wonderfully on fasting, he gave the illustration of a young person who fasted from her mobile phone for 24 hours. Wasn't that right, Jeff? 24 hours, a young person fasted from their mobile phone. That is withdrawal in quite a big way, isn't it? I talked with a lovely person, lovely friend here last week, and she was saying that at the end of her husband's life, one of the things she said was, if I had my life over again, I would have, have cut out half the commission meetings that I go to. I read once that amazing biography, mainly autobiography of Billy Graham, huge volume. Uh, I owe much to Billy Graham, Haringey, 1954, Earl's Court, 1967. Amazing man, amazing way God used him, amazing God to use him in the way he did. And um, Billy Graham was asked at the end of the book, as an interview, and, and, and the interviewer says... Um, Dr. Graham, if there's one thing in your life that you wish you would do again and you didn't, what would you do? Now, this is the man who's preached to more people on planet Earth than anybody. And Billy Graham said, I regret one thing. I regret that I did not spend more time alone with God. And I regret that I didn't cancel half the things which, in fact, I was caught up in doing. I just found that so powerful. Jesus withdrew often to lonely, or I love the word, quiet places, desert places, and there he prayed. I've been greatly helped by a book that Dave recommended to those of us preaching on this course, Celebration of Discipline, A Path to Spiritual Growth, on the spiritual disciplines, the holy habits, 
of which today is solitude and there's not time, unfortunately, for simplicity. The, the two are very close. But what um, uh, Richard Foster says is learn, first of all, the little solitudes of life. The little solitudes of life. A lovely friend of mine uh, who... Um, said to me the other day, she said, when I, before I get out of bed in the morning, I let a verse of scripture come to my mind, and I just hold it there, and then I, I continue. That's a little solitary, a little solitude. A morning cup of coffee, which is what um, Richard Foster's saying, um, a morning cup of coffee, um, he, he talks about um, in the car, bumper to, bu- to bumper, what do you do with your time? A solitary moment. He talks about before a meal, he said, why not, if you do say grace or give thanks, why not be silent and have what he called a gathered silence? 15 seconds, 20 seconds. I do it sometimes at home. Let, just be silent. Just, just be silent. A solitary silence. Your thanksgiving to God in your own way. This wonderful nine church, we have these five minutes of silence, which is so wonderful, really. So it is, isn't it? It's, it's about finding a place and finding a time. I think that's can we have these coming up, Jeff? I think the first one is, is come apart, okay? And the second one, he's done this so well, is time and place. Jesus, you see, he had a time for him very early in the morning. He had a desert place, a quiet place to go to. And... Um, and and, and you, you may feel, well, this is, this is not easy. This is really difficult. It is difficult. It is difficult. Um, a, a, member, a, a member of our church fellowship, Sahar Mustafavi, beautiful Persian girl, she's a member of our church fellowship. She sent to me and my wife a, a, um, a text the other day saying this. Now, here's a second-year medical student, Exeter University, Um, under huge pressure in her work. And she says, I'm learning, this is her words, practicing meditation in God's presence, morning and evening. It's learning just to be and sit still, to be in the present moment and not just thinking of what is to come. This is a 21-year-old girl studying medicine in her second year who realises the importance of doing just this in her life. The picture that I, I love is this one of, um, of this figure. I've shown it here once or twice before given to me actually by a Pentecostal pastor who got it at a Roman Catholic Jesuit centre in North Wales and gave it to me as as a a 
a, a, a priest, Jesuit minister. It's not whether you're from this background or that background, it's that ev- actually everybody needs this. And I just love it because here's this, it seems to be a solitary figure, open to all the space of heaven here, but reaching out here, someone has said, you're never less alone than when you're alone with God. When Jesus was alone in the desert, he was never less alone then, because he was with God, and therefore the whole of creation was with him. I just love the sense here of the, you've got the vertical, you've got all the openness to heaven, but you've got the belonging, because you are never just on your own. When you're on your own, like we are often day by day in our lives, you're part of the body of this church and of the wider church. And my, my, sometimes with these pictures like icons, you have to look at them for some time. And my daughter looked at this one and, and this is what she said, this is what she saw. And I'd had this for years and hadn't seen it. She says, I see a waterfall. I see something, I see it's gently bringing a river of new life. She said, I see a new stream of hope with the Holy Spirit at its source and it's a new unfolding and it's a new beginning. And I thought, isn't that wonderful that a a young lady in her later 30s is able to sit down and sit before that and see something which I hadn't seen for so long but it's about a new beginning for her, a new unfolding as she gazed at this. And she's just recently, she's been on a day, she's very, with family and work and everything, she took a day just to be on her own, to be with God. Isn't that wonderful? That a young woman in her later 30s could do that. But this, you see, this is, it's something about this coming apart. Find a time, find a place. I have a a wonderful friend, he and I have prayed together for many, many years, and he wrote to me the other day, and he said, what I'm learning, and he's he's much more theologically minded than I am, and he's very uh, lecturer in colleges and things like that, and he said, what I'm learning is the need to stop, be quiet, be still, and know that God is God. Isn't that wonderful? Stop, stop, stop. Be still. You're totally anti-culture and you're anti-church as well, to be honest. Most churches, but we find it very difficult to do this. Be still and know that God is God. He goes on to say, it is so hard, but it is our only hope. What about your time? What about your place? The thing about preachers is we're always saying things and we're never actually uh, doing this. Do you know what this is? Yes, Janet, bless you. Yes, but how? Y-B-H. 
all very well you standing up there and saying this, YBH, yes, but how? How do you find not just your little solitaries, how do you find your longer solitary space? In a garden can be a wonderful thing. I see gardeners here. You can find God in the garden. My wife does. It's a way really that gives her energy, gives her a sense of deeper peace in her life. I think walking is a wonderful way to find your solitude with God, praying with your body, praying with your feet, taking your dog out, having that walk. It's the most wonderful thing if you're able to do it. Your soul moving with God. That's a wonderful way to be with God. After the news, I found this last week, I've been so depressed by the news and some of it. And what I've done is just uh, turned off all the lights and just laid down and, um, and, and just being in the solitary with God, without words really, but just there and bringing some of the scenes I've seen on the news in my prayer to the Lord. This walking, I remember somebody who was a a wonderful, she loved walking, it kept her going, in illness actually too, but she always walked so fast, and she said, Paul, what shall I do? I've lost God. I said, actually, try and walk a bit slower. Walk a bit slower. Look at the trees. Look at a face as it goes by you. I stopped this week with somebody as, on my walk and, and, I, and I just let him go by. It was a narrow piece. And he just turned to me and said, isn't it wonderful to have the sun? Isn't that wonderful? You just get a contact with somebody like that because you've slowed down. You've let someone else uh, go before you. Or you're just walking slowly. You're looking you're listening. You're, a friend of mine um, uh, said that where he found this was soaking in a bath. Do you know, I, love, I, I, love, I do love baths. I know it uses up water, so we don't, I don't do it a lot. But when I have a bath and soak in it, and then the difficulty is to stay in because I want to get out and get on. I say, no, Paul, stay there. This is a wonderful place to be with God, soaking in the bath. You're at rest, you're at peace. Stay there. Um, and um, yes, all. So, so where, where, where are you? Where is the place where you find your place? How do you, um, if I can put it like this, when you do try and have your solitary time, Y-B-H, yes, but how? I, I, I find I have a... Um, my, my best way of prayer is sitting. Um, I find if I sit, I can... My feet can touch the ground, like your feet now are touching the ground. And the word Adam, Adam, in the Hebrew... And the word earth is Adama, so 
atom and the earth belong. The earth is there to give us strength. Let the earth give you strength. There's a wonderful thing about sitting with both your feet on the ground, with your hands as relaxed as you can be. And I'm round-shouldered. I just have to learn to get my shoulders back. But often I may have a cushion or something, but uh, just to be... It's both comfortable and alert. Being alert as well as being comfortable is really important. And the thing about being solitary with God, finding that place, whatever it may be, it's being solitary with God, being comfortable, being alert, but it's with God. And so for the Christian, it's having a word, a word from the Holy Scripture, from the Word of God. My word, which went, goes back to 1977 when I was in Iran and going through very difficult times, and the word the Lord gave me was, was Abba, Abba, Father. We'll use it when we come to pray a bit later. Abba, just to use a word like Abba. It's nice to use a word which isn't English, it's Aramaic. The word Father has different connotations for all of us. Some of us struggled with, with our fathers and that kind of thing. But Abba is the word Jesus used, Abba, Father. You may have a word, Jesus is a wonderful word. Be still and know that I am God. That's a wonderful little phrase. God is a word which a friend of mine has, just the word God. Have a word that holds your mind in your heart. It's the two together, it's mind in the heart. The heart holding the mind and the scripture drawing you deeper into Christ. Another word which we've used here sometimes in church is the end of 1 Corinthians 16. Ma-ra-na-tha, which I've got here actually. This is a lovely word which I often love to use. It's it's the end of St. Paul using it in all the church in Corinth. Whole church in Corinth. All the little house churches in Corinth using this word, Maranatha, which is the Aramaic, Jesus' language, Lord Jesus, come. Or come, Lord Jesus, come. It's a wonderful word to use. I know I have friends who, this is their word for their prayer when they are being solitary with God. Choose something that's natural to you, something that you can hold on to, something that you can feel, this is all right, it's natural, I'm not doing something religious or holy or anything else. This is real. This is something that is all right for me. And, gosh, I'll have so many distractions. I've got... to try my time of prayer earlier in the week, and it was rubbish. It was rubbish. And then I heard the Lord saying, Paul, I, and it's the words he said to Jesus' baptism, you are my child, my son, in you I am well pleased. I'm so glad you spent rubbish time with me. Isn't that marvellous? Spend rubbish time with God when it doesn't seem as if it's going anywhere and when you just know that still you want to spend the time with God. 
I love Leonard Cohen. I love the words in one of his great songs. He says, ring the bells that still can ring. Forget the perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. There's a crack, there's a crack in everything. But that's how the light gets in. Let it be rubbish, but you're there, you're solitary, and you're with God. Just pause a moment. Just pause. I want to pray, Lord, that if there's somebody here who wants to do this in their life, maybe one person in this church, one person online, and you just feel this is, I want to do what Jesus did. Find desert places. Be with him. Be with you, Lord. Sometimes in rubbish prayer, sometimes it's in prayer that just opens heaven to us. Just pray this if you feel able to for yourself. Pray to deepen your life in Christ. have our last word here. I love these words in Mark 1, those verses 36-39, because the other disciples, the four, because he'd only chosen four disciples in in Mark chapter 1, Peter and Andrew, his brother, James and John, they wake up, Jesus isn't there, and they go to find him, they search for him. And uh, they say, everybody's looking for you. And he says, I love this, let us go. Let us go. Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Jesus is saying, I have solitude with God because that energizes me to go out. Whether here he means this today, Simon, Andrew, um, James, John, just today I've got to get out. But he says, let us go together. Or is it his whole ministry that he sees unfolding I've come to proclaim the eternal news of the gospel. There's wonderful words of Thomas Traherne, the Herefordshire poet. That pool must first be filled, which shall be made to overflow. It's filled, first of all, solitary with God, and then as with Jesus, it overflows overflows. It will overflow. It will be made to overflow. You don't have to make it overflow. It will overflow just through you being there for others and for God. And as Jesus said to his disciples, he said, those four, he said, that you may be fishers of men. 
Jesus says, I must go, but he's actually saying, let us go together. And I just end on this note, really. It's us together with Jesus. Us together. We're never on our own this week. However lonely, even in church, we can sometimes feel quite lonely in church. And other situations where there's crowds and everything, you're always with him. I am with you always to the end of the world. What a promise, isn't it? What a promise. And Jesus says to us for this week, you go from this church, let us go together, out. That pool has been filled this morning in church. It's been filled in the solitary ways in which you will allow it to be filled in your life. In order that we go out and it shall be made to overflow. God will bless. You don't have to be doing great things. God will bless you. As a, a wonderful mystic said, Meister Eckhart, a thousand years ago, he said, to be is a blessing, just to live is holy. So Lord, bless your holy name. Thank you in this church this morning. We've Those listening online, those in their own home, you've come apart this morning. You've left so much at home just to be here quite costly for some of us, particularly when perhaps our own families aren't even understanding of us. But Lord, we're here, it shall be made to overflow, and we go out with you. You are always, I am always with you to the ends of the earth. Bless you, Holy Lord. Thank you. I think we've got a lovely hymn to uh, sing, Jeff. Go straight into prayer. Is this because of time? I feel awful. What is the time? Oh, it's we're really, it's just on 12. Are we good? Could we? Oh, it's such a beautiful hymn. All, all I once held dear. Is that all right? Uh, De- uh, Derek, thank you so much. All I once held dear. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bless you. Thank you.
just aware of the, the, the Lord our righteousness, the Lord our strength, the Lord to give to you what you need this week, what I need. That deep trust in our heart, Lord. Just touch us this morning. Touch us afresh. Touch each in their homes. Listen to this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to have our prayer now, and so if you'd be seated. My dear wife was to have led us, but she's looking after grandchildren down in London, so she's with us in the spirit. I hope she may be watching. Um... Well, I don't think she will be with grandchildren, but there you are. <laughs> You've got to be realistic. Um, just use your imagination for a moment. Be in a place where you feel you can be solitary with God. It may help to close your eyes. A place somewhere sometime this week where you know that's my solitary time with the Lord. Maybe a strange place to anyone else. It's not strange to you because you know it, you love it. It's a walk, it's a garden, it's a place, it's, it's a chair in your home. It's even at your kitchen sink as you look out, if you, have, if you can look out into flowers or grass or whatever. It's a place where you feel at home, solitary with God. And we're doing our prayer this morning. It's, it's like concentric circles going round. And we start right at the heart, which is you and me, and God dwelling with us, in us, through us, by his Spirit. And just to offer, Lord, to offer ourselves to you. just as I am, without one plea. And to have like our beautiful review of the day, and do take one of these afterwards at the back of the church for, for us to use as we're able to, is gratitude. Gratitude, Lord, that we can be with you and you with us, being thankful for my solitary place. With my joys and my hurts, with my glory and my shame. All of this, Lord. You might even feel you can open a hand and just offer yourself this morning. 
the heart of worship, offering ourselves to God. And this is the word that we will use after each of these. It's the word that Jesus used on the cross, Abba, into your hands. It's from Psalm 31. Into your hands, O God, I commit my spirit, for you've redeemed me, Lord God of truth. And Jesus takes these words on the cross. He uses the word Abba, Abba, Father, into your hands. Can we say these words together? Abba, into your hands. And then just let that uh, circle get bigger. Draw in others around you. Those in this church, just, just pray for a moment. The person on your left or on your right, just, you don't need to know their name. Just hold them before God with thanksgiving, with gratitude. Your family, they may be scattered They may be right here in Morven. Some of them will be in special need of sickness. Some of them going through, maybe even going through a kind of hell in their lives. But keep your hands open just to offer them to the Lord. Offer them with gratitude too. They're part of you. Maybe a neighbour, maybe a, a friend on your heart. Offer him, offer her to the Lord. Offer people who are in this church for Dave and Alice and those who work in the team with him. Liz and Helen and Ruth and others who work to help the churches here to to function and give gratitude to for other churches around us here in Morven. So again, we say these words, Abba, into your hands. Then let the concentric circle grow even bigger as it comes into, into our world. Last week we prayed for North Korea, and all week that country's been coming back to me as I've been offering the, offering that country of such desperate need to God there'll be other countries on your heart just some of you call out a country on your heart this morning just call it out either in silence but if you can call it out aloud so that we can just be with you in praying for that land Peru Ukraine Syria 
Ethiopia. I pray for New Zealand. Uh, had an email this last week from um, uh, from um, one of our, our church members here um, in in New Zealand with her family, and just offer her Lord to you. offer to uh, in Japan for Guy Crumpler out there pray blessing Lord on him in New Zealand that was Sandy we were praying for Sandy Bar Hamilton and then let our our um, concentric circle reach out to those who are part of all saints. They're all saints in heaven as against on earth. Those who've gone before us, loved ones, people who've meant the world to us, who stay with us through the Spirit. They're the cloud of witnesses the Scriptures talk about. They are the heaven and the earth meeting. When St. Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Let heaven and meet earth in our prayer. Remember those gone before us. So we come to finish with that wonderful prayer, the Lord's Prayer. I wonder if we can stand for this prayer. This is such a wonderful prayer. And often when I prayed, I was in India once in an um, ashram, a monastery there, and, when, and it was a Cistercian one, so it was all in, their life was in silence. But when they came to the Lord's Prayer, obviously in worship they spoke, they just stretched out a hand and I often do this with the Lord's Prayer, just stretch out a hand. So if you feel able to do this, this is the offering of everything to God in this prayer that our Saviour taught us. So we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And just stay with one, one sentence there or one word just hold a word hold one of those sentences in the prayer hold that in your heart hold it for yourself hold it for those around you and beyond you
but if any at the end would like further prayer, uh, Lois and I will be at the back to pray. You might just want prayer to be deepened in a solitary place. You might want prayer of healing. I've got anointing, healing, healing oil for anointing. You might just want to pray in silence with us. Come and pray with us. We're just at the back in prayer. Now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to his glory in Christ Jesus, to him, to you, Lord, be honour and glory and blessing, now and forever. Amen.
So may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.